This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. everybody and welcome to episode 156 of the Stacey West podcast. I am Ben as ever and Gaz, you're back again mate. Back again! I knew you'd get you. No, I'd get you with that. You alright? <laughs> I can't help it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> back again! It's your boy, Gary. Gary just a man. Gary Padman no, it doesn't, though, does it? It's like, you know, like if people name their baby Colin or Nigel, it just doesn't work, does it? And I think you get that with Gary now. This is Gary, the baby. You'd expect to look down and see, like, a 40-year-old man looking up with the keys to an RS turbo. <laughs> I never knew that. Do you know that in the south of England, there's actually a thing called a Gary boy, which was somebody who would shoot around in, like, fast, hot-hatch cars and hang around car parks? We always called them, like, Lee, you know, uh, Lee boys. But in um, yeah, in the south, it's Gary boy. And I never knew it. And my mate Ross moved up here and he was like, oh, you Gary, because you're a Gary boy. And it's like, no, at the time I, I was driving a Rover 214. It couldn't have been less Gary boy. <laughs> I did not yeah. know that. No, I didn't no, know that was a thing. You go, Gary boys. It's a thing. Can I just ask a question? Yes. Right? And if Ash is listening, uh, that's my boss who's, who's he's been over today. Um, he'll he'll understand what I'm talking about. Is it weird when you make a bacon sandwich out of two rounds of bread to cut those rounds of bread with scissors to make your bacon sandwich into a, a handleable sandwich? Um, I yeah. use scissors. Is that weird? I, I would say that's weird. I'd I'd use a knife. So what if you've got super thick bacon? You have to hack away with the knife, don't you? You have to no, you kind of get like, a, oh, I'm not on claim. Just get a sharp knife. Yeah, but the, the thing is, you're still having to put effort in with a bay with a scissors. It's too snip. I can't understand people that don't see scissors as an essential kitchen accessory. Chicken, right? Let's say you're going to make a chicken korma. How do you chop the chicken? With a with a knife on knife. a chopping board. Nope, scissors. Stick a fork in it, hold it over the pan, snip, 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 cut them off, straight into the pan, boom. Not even need to wash a, a, a board, a chopping board. Bang, scissors. 
Oh, this is going to lead to a discussion, isn't it? This will be like this will be like Andy and his beans in a bowl. I don't know what that is. Oh yeah, the Andy Pearson beans in a bowl. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but that's that's one where there's a fifty-fifty split because Fee is a beans in a bowl woman, and for me, it's let the beans see the hash browns or whatever it used to be on the Paddy McGuinness. Let the beans see the toast. Um, but yeah, let the scissors see the bacon is probably not one that's got as much of a ring to it. I actually genuinely thought that scissors were commonly accepted as a, as a food preparation tool, but apparently not. So there we go. I yeah, mean, they, they may well be, but I've, not, I've never used, uh, I can't say I've ever used scissors to, uh, to cut meat. I bet you any amount of money if, um, what's his name? Gordon Ramsay's listening now, but he's thinking, shit, what I haven't thought of that before. It's because you're swearing too much, Gordon. I can do both. Yeah. So there you go. I'm an, inno- I'm an innovator. Yeah, I mean, the chances of Gordon Ramsay listening to this podcast are slim to none, let's be brutally honest. Granted, yeah, granted. So, uh, anyway, are you well, my friend? No. Aside from, aside from bacon sandwich-related... Uh... No, not really. I had to have an ECG this week. Hmm which is basically where somebody, uh, a very, very, very camp doctor, by the way, reminded me of Christopher Biggins, very nice guy, but, you know, like super, super camp. Um, kind of, yeah, he's like, lay on the bed and think of England and laughed. And I'm like, I'm not thinking of England. But yeah, he put sticky pads all over my chest. And I, I discovered at that point that I'm a hairy man. <laughs> and I mean, there was no shaving involved or anything. So he goes, oh, it's the fun bit when we tear them off. I love hurting people. It was these genuine, genuine words. I'm quoting him verbatim there. Um, <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Other than that, not bad. Yeah, not bad. Good. Stuff. You, I ought to ask about you, didn't I? I'm not a guest. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, mate. Yeah, uh, I'm not bad at all. Um, been been ramping up the uh, the content on the old game inside of things, so it's all uh, all good. And and how was Jake last week? Was he? Did he swear? Did he drop a C bomb? He didn't drop a C bomb. No, but um, you know, I think okay. it was it was even noted by uh, by you know classic um classic pessimist mr pearson that uh we were no longer the misery twins last week we were you know we were the happy twins i believe he said oh yeah i mean it's come on uh, <laughs> how, how were you going to squeeze any misery even though we'd lost to, to cambridge it was pretty hard to squeeze a great deal of misery out of it i mean it's it's that ha- sounds wank but it's the happiest i've ever been after a defeat yeah yeah and i think we said pretty much the same to be honest but uh no it was a you know it was it was good last week um I think, uh, you know, a couple of people said they may have been missing you, Gus, but, you know, you're back now. Well, I didn't like to say it, but I did notice that the the, uh, listener numbers were down by about 150. Were they? I I, I didn't know that. I I actually just checked. (laughs) 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 But it could have been only one game in the week, uh, couldn't it? So yeah, it could be for any number of reasons. The the num the, the listener numbers do fluctuate, uh, and I'm sure it's got people probably didn't know that I was not on it because I don't think you put it in the title. So it's yeah. it's not like that's the reason. But my personal ego will say that it is. But a lack of content <laughs> is not going to uh, trouble us today, is it? Because Absolutely not. We've got 
We've got loads to talk about today. Um, Scissors and bacon, for instance, 20 minutes in or whatever, <laughs> 10 minutes in. We haven't mentioned football yet, but there's a host of people, right, who are just coming back now. I said 20 minutes. They've just paused it for 10 minutes while they went into their kitchen and sharpened their scissors, guaranteed, because they've gone, the boy's got, the boy's got sense. Tell you something else they're useful for before we go into it. Spaghetti, right? So you're eating spaghetti bolognese, you're wrapping your spaghetti around your fork, and when you lift it up, spaghetti drops down like four or five inches from your fork, and then it goes in your mouth, and you kind of like, no need. Hold it up, spaghetti four or five inches, scissors across, bang. Bang, bang, bang. Do you live in the Beano? What, what, what do you mean, do I live in the Beano? That looks, that, that sounds like something that they do in a comic. I don't actually do it because Fee would frown upon that <laughs> if I asked for scissors in Gino's. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, Gino, Gino, uh, my knife and fork are here, but I don't see my scissors. Plastic handled ones, ideally. They're more comfortable. <laughs> do you not use a spoon when so you bolognese? No, do you know what? Honestly, Fee, like I'll, I'll cook spaghetti and she's like, oh, she wants a spoon. And... I never had that. I was I was dragged up, not brought up. We didn't have spoons with main dinners. You had spoons for dessert and spoons for soup. Everything else, if you couldn't eat it with a knife and fork, then you didn't deserve to have it. <laughs> you know what? I think if we ever if, if if we're ever out for a meal again, I'm pretty sure that uh, that I would be able to talk to Fee and Rachel would be able to talk to you because she's very much the same as you when it comes to eating spaghetti bolognese. But yeah. Let's talk about football, um, and more importantly, um, the the football club and the accounts. Um, the accounts got put out uh, today as we are talking. Um, some people would probably say that you know they don't necessarily look great, but I think ultimately, um, I, I don't think they're too bad to be honest. Um, you know, I mean, obviously the, the the headline is that we've announced a loss of one point four million. Um, and you know the immediate reaction to that is oh bloody hell why have we lost so much money but it it's kind of the way of of lower league clubs isn't it you know you tend to they, they tend to not really turn that much of a profit unless you are churning out huge amounts of your squad um so uh yeah i mean what were your initial thoughts on the um on the on them and then you know we can sort of go into a little bit of depth with them well i was i was lucky enough to get um uh, a press release a couple of days before uh, so that you can kind of um, digest them and have a look through and and the headline is losses of 1.4 million which a lot of people will seize upon and kind of um, yeah kind of pick that up and 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 run with that and I'm actually quite pleased with a lot of the reaction because the reaction has been very positive and and rightly so um, I mean income was down six percent I think overall and when you consider that we had nobody in the ground whatsoever that's actually quite impressive and i think there'll be clubs that suffered much worse than us um wages were down i think that's mainly because wages encompasses everything we're not talking playing budget here so i think that was to do with match day staff and that sort of thing um so it's interesting uh, and we were in we actually part of that 1.4 million by the looks of things was we were in a, a negative on player purchases so i spent we i think we spent 300,000 on players whereas we only made 22,000 um, and I think we buried within the accounts was that George Grant left for no upfront fee, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting. And that might bring me back around to a you know, that that could play into a rumor that we've been hearing all 
until January, couldn't it? Because if he's gone for no up from fee, it might be a case of the club that took that going well instead of paying a fee. Um, he can come back, but you never know. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, it was it was what it was. There will be an awful lot of clubs in uh, a much worse position than us. The one headline I did see was that for every £100 we earn, £98 is spent on wages. Yeah, um, I saw that. Which, you know, but again, bear in mind, wages does encompass the whole club, doesn't it? That's not for every yeah. pound we spend, we don't, We for every £100 we earn, we don't spend £98 on players, we spend it on wages overall, which does encompass a wider infrastructure. So um, I wasn't overly concerned, but it does, of course, underline how reliant we are on Clive uh, and the board of investors putting money in and... Um, you know, whenever these come out, when we look at the these numbers and we digest them, we should always be aware of the fact that um, if it wasn't for those those individuals uh, pushing the club and 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 putting us on a uh, on a sensible business model, we wouldn't we wouldn't be where we are. So, yeah, yeah, no, I think it. Um, I think the interesting thing was um, the the kind of level of of support on uh, on iFollow and stuff like that. Um, Obviously, you know they they mentioned there that um, was it the sale receipts were significantly less than physical match tickets, um, and then it was saying you know in addition they were an average of just over two two season ticket holders per household, meaning viewing figures were around a third of in stadia attendances. So obviously, you know the fact that I follow was there over the the whole season was um, obviously a, you know a boost to the club of some description, but. You know the the fact that overall revenue was was down six percent is uh, is in my opinion slightly miraculous given everything else that went on. So um, yeah, you know the the, uh, the the turnover of the club um, down by just over a million by the looks of it. Um, and then you know I think yeah you, there was a really good thread on Twitter actually which I retweeted from Kieran Maguire. Um, he's obviously been quite uh, you know, full of praise for the club in the past with the way that they handle things. Um, but as an outsider looking in, I think it was it was quite nice to see his take on it, um, particularly where he said, you know, that the transparency that the club have afforded have, have essentially turned around and encouraged fans to keep the money in the club or, you know, put the trust there that, you know, that the, the money is being looked after well. Um, and I, I just think having the headline of, um, you know, 1.4 million pound loss isn't the death knell that you know some people would potentially see it as for a club of our size. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, interesting, interesting stuff to come out of the accounts. And um, I say I think the, the the most interesting one for me was that no upfront fee for George Grant, um, which yeah, we'll, we'll see what comes with that in the future. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the player trading graph that Kieran Maguire put out. Um, as part of the tweet and massively interesting in 2018 and 2019 mm. 2018 we spent £795,000 on players mm. you know that's that's quite big and I mean when you think and and no player sales 2017 2018 and 2019 and that fascinates me because Alex Woodyard moved on um which you know I, I'm not entirely sure really looking at, at that whether that how accurate that graph is uh, but it does show that since Michael came in in 2020, spent 380,000, made 505,000, which would be predominantly Harry Toffolo. Next year, the figures will look more impressive as well because they'll have the Teo Eden sale in. Yep. Um, 
and and that will balance out. I wonder if the 22,000, when did Zach Elbazetti leave? Would that be the nominal fee that we got for Zach Elbazetti? Would that I suggest? I thought he left around the same time as Teo. I thought it was this financial year. I could be wrong. I must admit, I haven't. I haven't particularly checked. I thought that he left. Um, to be honest, I don't really know. I didn't look. Fifteenth of July, so that would be this financial year as well. Mm. So interesting to know who that was in terms of a nominal fee. Um, unless you know, there's no upfront fee for George Grant, so it wouldn't be in him. Can't think who else we sold or let go. So anyway, that's that's that. Yeah, but it's, it's like Kieran said, there's a Lincoln of generating investment to help underwrite costs for a major shareholder, Clive. And the transparent model run by the club creates an environment where fans feel comfortable to commit. And yeah, I think apart from a few dissidents, voices around the Stacey West bond and that sort of stuff, which, you know, you always hear that. Um, it's quite right. You know, we are um, we are in a good position. And, and Walter, um, I know Walter obviously is an accountant. He's someone that's still to go in the box, I think, with you. But his mm. tweet, as an accountant, these numbers show just how well the club is being managed. I expected a greater net loss. Well done to all at the club and, and us fans. We know we march on knowing that we're in good hands. And, you know, it's quite right. And, and It's easy to be happy, clappy. It's also easy to read 1.4 million losses and go, Jesus Christ. Um, but actually, I think that we're finding the right balance. Mm. Uh, courtesy, you know, let's say courtesy of benefactors, because if you lose £1.4 million a year as a business, you have to attract investment, you have to attract people. Um, the accounts next year will look very different, won't they, with the Teo sale and Harvey investment, which I think comes in in the next financial year. I might be wrong uh, about that as well. And yeah, I, that, I, think I, I do would, words. I think it would do, to be fair. I do words, not numbers. So. <laughs> I, do, I do my best, but I, I started an accountancy course. Uh, I got the sack from the job that I was doing it for because I never went. So. Oh, well, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously, like you, like you said, the the headline, not as bad as it initially seems, but uh, it all kind of bodes well for the future, particularly, like you said, we've got uh, certain sales to take into account and um, hopefully no more in January. But let's let's move on. Um, and let's talk about an actual actual football match, which um, which happened on Saturday. And I would love to know what odds you would have gotten for Max Melbourne being the match winner um, in the 90th minute, because I don't think anybody saw that coming, did they? What a game. I saw a goal coming. Yeah, but um, not necessarily the goal scorer. Not necessarily Max, but and not from a corner because I spent all year <laughs> saying to my mate Matt, we never do anything from corners, uh, and we and we haven't. But there we go. Yeah, look, I mean, it's not just the finish; it's the whole game um, yeah. from start to finish. We've been absolutely superb. Um, we had uh, I've looked at the stats. We had our xG was through the roof. By the way, our xG we should have scored four goals. It's three point five eight, which is one of the best xGs that we've had this season. Um, it was a phenomenal performance at a ground where we've had very, 
very little luck. And I know that when the players go there, these this set of players, they don't know that you know, we haven't won at Plymouth in 30-odd years. It's just another game to them. It's always been a notoriously tough place to go. Plymouth are a decent side. They're very, very good players. I wasn't obviously on the podcast last week. But if I were, I would have been raving about certain members of their squad okay it was lucky Danny Mayer was out of course because uh, he's a he's a real a real pain in the arse when he plays against us <laughs> um but we we should have been in the lead before they scored yeah mm-hmm. it looked like a case of here we go again um you know Lincoln shooting themselves in the foot but we look a real attacking force and and yeah. the new signings have have hit the ground running and Again, I talked about the dissonance in terms of, of our financial position. That those, those same people would have been saying things like, you know, we need to sign well in January. Then when we sign well in January, we need to hit the ground running. Well, that's happened, doesn't it? Um, mm. So I know that it's you know it's still patchy. I know we've won three of four, and the one that we lost was the one that you looked at and thought we could win that. Um, but, you know, that's Lincoln. It's, it's topsy-turvy, but I think we're in a... We're not in a bad place now. So, yeah, it was a good performance and it was a great um, a great goal, I thought, from John Marquis. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, that was the that was the moment when you suddenly realised, oh, OK, I think we've got what we've been clamouring for, at least from, from that display. Um, you know, we've said so many times over the past few weeks that we just need somebody that is able to, to get on the end of chances that we're creating and to, you know, just just be around the box when a cross comes in and maybe get a foot on it, but really, really well worked goal. And it's a very clever finish from Marquis as well. Cause you look at like the, as the ball comes in, the keepers expecting that to go to his left and, you know, sort of the far post, but the, the way that Marquis just, just takes the pace off it and just slots it into the, the sort of near post, I guess, if you like, but yeah, really clever finish and a delight, you know, delighted to to see him get a goal on his debut. Um, and then I, I can't I can't disagree with anything you've said. You know, I thought the performance was excellent. Um, and it was just that thing where, you know, continually knocking on the door, knocking on the door. And you just think, right, well, we know we've got the ability to do it now. Can we can we hold out? And just the fact that we were the ones that were on the receiving end of a, a late goal. Absolute delirium when that went in i was i was ecstatic fantastic stuff um and we don't know i was just nice and calm (laughs) i don't believe that for a second mr hutchinson i was out of the room (laughs) i went because i I, you know what i genuinely got to a point where i made the mistake of looking at the in in play league table at Mm. one all and i'm there because i was thinking one all good result this at plymouth get a draw good result and i looked at the in play table and like more come a win in and thought Bloody hell, it's not actually as good as you think it is. It's good in the context of going away to Plymouth. It's not good in the context of other people's results. And and I was just like, we've got to hang on to this, otherwise it'll be a bloody nightmare. And then, yeah, I, I just happened just to, to pop out of the room. But we talk about John Marquis. I had a look back on Scout earlier. I was interested in the XG. I was interested to see, you know, which chances were the best ones. And all of the ch- all of the XG uh, that was above kind of 0.2, so one in five, you know, one chances in one times in five it goes in, um, were either Marquis on the end of them or Mar- Marquis creating them. Um, he created the chance early doors from Morgan Whitaker. Mm-hmm. Which actually is just he's not delivered the ball quite as early as perhaps he should, and I think I think Morgan scores that otherwise. Yeah. Great chance for Liam Cullen that again John Marquis has set up should have had 
had another goal himself uh, about four minutes after his goal. He had a chance that was was equally as good. And from his chance, Anthony Scully then had the opportunity to score as well, which which he missed. Penalty area entries are very interesting. Um, so uh, we made uh, 28 uh, penalty area entries and six were Marquis, six were Cullen, six were Whitaker, and, and five were Scully. And that, for me, suggests a really good, balanced attacking formation. And, and on the other hand, you look at Plymouth, who were the home team, it was six for Grant, four for Ennis, and three for Broom. So, you know, it, we kind of had, had ours well spread. Um, but you know, Luke Jeffcott actually only one penalty area entry, and he's dangerous. But you know that's a that's a cross or it's a run into the box. That's a penalty area entry. If you're already in the penalty area and someone crosses to you, it doesn't count. So actually, whilst we talk about John Marquis as the number nine, the player that we need, he was just putting in the same amount of work as all of our other players. He was out wide. He was putting the balls in. I don't want to rave about a player too much after one game because you build them up to knock them down. But you know, we we came away from the Oxford game. And I was raving about Morgan Whitaker. I came away from the Cambridge game, and I'll be honest, after watching that back, I was very impressed with Liam Cullen. Mm. And now I'm coming away from the Plymouth game, and it's John Marquis, and, and and with Anthony Scully back in as well, You know, if he stays. And I haven't heard any whisper that he's going to go. I genuinely haven't heard that. And um, you'd think, But it was all tied up months ago, guys. That's why he's not been playing. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that was why he wasn't playing. Um, but but on. Honestly, do you know what Quest said after the Plymouth game, Lincoln of the team to watch for the second half of the season? I'm not going to go that far, but at no point this this season or at no point since kind of September have I readjusted my thought of where we're going to finish. I've kind of said 12th to 14th. Mm. I think I said 10th to 12th at the beginning of the season, so hands up. I said 12th to 14th. I think that's still massively achievable. I really do, certainly based on the Plymouth game. Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, Mid-table is 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 an acceptable finish, and I think it will be the the the, the top side of mid-table. If I'm honest, um, you know, I'd, I'm I'm feeling a bit more confident than I was, you know, a few weeks ago. It was, uh, it, it's it's one thing to sort of sit there and say, you know, I'll keep the faith, you know, we believe, and it's like, well, now that's being rewarded, and that's kind of being being put on a plate and saying, look, okay, this is what we can do when we have the ability and we've got the, you know, the, the, the bodies in the door. So the thing um, is, we've, we've got to start beating the teams that we are expected to beat. Yes, that's the thing. So uh, in our next, um, our next eight games, I think. Um, mm-hmm. So we've got Burton. You would expect us to win. Then MK Don's tough. Morecambe. Mm-hmm. You'd expect us to win. Wickham, tough. Then Doncaster, Fleetwood, Bolton and Gillingham. To be honest, given the league table, they're all games, given us last season, that you would expect us to win. Yeah. Now, to take away the away games there, but the big key ones for me, and we'll come on to it in a bit, but Burton this weekend, Morecambe on the 8th, which is a oh, Tuesday night at home. Jesus. <laughs> okay. Well, we've got back to, we've got three home games in a week. Yeah. I didn't realise that. Morecambe, Wickham and Doncaster. My Lord, that's going to be heavy on work. But Burton, Morecambe, Doncaster, Gillingham takes us up to the end of February. You've got to win those four games. Mm-hmm. Got to win those four games. Then you can afford, I, I think actually at home we can beat Wickham. I think um, away NK Dons, we can do a job. And then you've got a tough kind of Sheffield Wednesday, Ipswich, Sunderland um, in, in March. So big, big month. Um, and I don't think the signings are finished yet either if i'm honest 
Okay, well, that's interesting. Um, I mean, before we before we sort of move on to to, to signings, um, I just want to sort of point out the fact that I, I genuinely think that a lot of the goals that we've shipped this season have been kind of our own doing. Um, and I didn't think that was the case on Saturday. Things looked a lot more, they, they looked a lot more shored up. They looked a lot more, you know, secure. Um, I know we've, we've mentioned it before, but I think Regan Paul has just been an absolute revelation. I think he was again, absolutely superb on Saturday. Um, but the Plymouth goal, um, was just a fantastic move. And I don't really think that much could have been done against it. Um, if I'm honest, you know, it, it, it's not like we've passed the ball back to them and, you know, someone's run onto it and they've gone through and scored or we've you know, misplaced a header. It was just a genuinely good move that I couldn't find too much fault with, to be fair. But, um, um yeah, Connor Grant, I think it was Grant, was it? No, it was Ennis, wasn't it? Out wide. Yeah. I think he's, he's just done. Bramall probably a little bit a little bit too easily. I mean, it's uh, to be fair, it's it's a drop of the shoulder, but you know, he's receiving the ball on the edge of the 18-yard box on the corner of the eight-yard box with his back to goal, and he's just I don't even know if it was Bramall to be fair, but he's just dropped a shoulder and 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 beaten his man. For me, I think it was a Bramall a little a little too easily, uh, and the ball across again. There's there's two strikers and four defenders, and I just think. I'm not having a pop. It was a nice move. I think it's a defendable goal, personally. Mm. Um, but I, I, it's it, it wasn't a defensive error. I take on board what you mean there. Yes. It wasn't us. It's a goal where the, they've deserved the the goal from the move <coughs> rather than us screwing it up and handing it to them on a plate. Yeah, it's it's a goal we should have stopped, but also a goal that they they deserved from the move. So. No, that's fair enough. So, um, so yeah, obviously we've mentioned a couple of the signings that have come in. Um, we've now got another forward, um, which, I mean, how long ago was it that we were we were bemoaning the lack of attacking options, and now how many have we got? I think you said on the site the other day was there seven we've now got. Yeah, I suppose it depends on your um, definition because I I didn't count a couple of players who were wide players, and people were saying yeah. Yeah, they can play through the centre as well. So I, I, I actually think if you took into account players that can play through the centre, um, we've probably actually got more than that. We've probably got, um, oh God, eight or nine maybe that could actually play. But obviously we've signed Morgan Whitaker who can play, Liam Cullen who can play. I mean, Tom Hopper's injured. Maguire can play there. We've got Freddie Draper. Um, we've got John Marquis. Anthony Scully can play there. And now we've got... Uh, I put Jovan McCarver in there. He's out on loan. Sorry. And now we have Ben House. And I'm not going to sing the song. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) apologies to... uh, Everybody. Yeah, I'm not not singing on the podcast. Um, Yeah, no, uh, Ben House coming in from Eastleigh, uh, 22. Seems like this is... Well, we obviously knew that this was the the project striker um, that we we had coming in. and you know it, it sounds like he's um, he's raring to go, doesn't it? Well, he's not going to turn up and say anything otherwise, is he? He's not, <laughs> it, he's, he's no. not going to turn up and go. Yeah, I'm really interested in the move. Uh, <laughs> can't Just really be money, asked with it. it. Actually, I'll. Yeah, yeah, it's here or there. They're in the football league. Eastleigh's a little bit far away from. Well, it's far away from here. Not, not 
from him. He was, I think he's ready, isn't he? So, um, yeah, interesting when you look at his uh, his Eastley um, stats, which obviously I've done because I love a stat. Um, but he's played centre forward, uh, left wing, right central midfield, attacking midfield, right wing. Uh, and that's just since kind of well he's been injured recently but that was just up till between um, October and Christmas so he seems like a versatile player um, I always I'm always interested in uh, the reaction of a fan base when they leave and there were some very positive tweets from Eastley puts himself about workhorse centre forward looks to me like um, potential long term successor to Tom Hopper so Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the work rate and all that. I think John Marquis is the stopgap. I think probably come the end of the season. The John Marquis thing is win-win and lose-lose because it's we get him for a decent fee for six months. He's a big name, so you know win-win, isn't it? But if he does, if he doesn't do well for us, we don't want to sign him at the end of the season. If he does well for us, he's a player who will be attracting attention given his his pre so, you know, his previous um, form. So it's kind of win-win and lose-lose. And whereas with Ben House, he's a player that I think that we've brought in. I don't like the words the model, but. This is the sort of player that we bring in. We want to develop. Mm. We want to almost flip quickly, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, be be interesting. Be really interesting to see. His XG this season per game is zero point two seven, so he should go score a goal every three or four games uh, at the national league. But I don't always judge strikers and goals. Um, I think he, mm. his his work rate looks phenomenal. And it depends who you pair them with. Interesting. I was asked a question. I'll put this one to you. I was asked a question by um, by Pete, who's almost on the podcast every week, but never actually on the podcast. He and just given me, some says, comments that it, I've, I've had passed on to me, will never be. Yeah, on the podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> he said to me, surely Freddie Draper's your project striker. Hmm. I think the fact. I mean, I had, Draper, I, I had a quicker answer than that, but go on. I, I think the fact that Draper's coming in through the academy, it's a different thing for me. You know, you bring in, you, you talk about a project striker. To me, that is somebody like Ben House, who you know is coming in and and has sort of semi-proven himself at one level and and wants to make the next step up and is you know determined to work towards it. Um, I think so Freddie Draper not semi-proven himself at one level, i.e. the academy and taking the step up. If you let me finish, I think when a player comes through the academy, you know, there is that sense of them being the homegrown player. Um, and, you know, it doesn't hurt to have more than one player that you can, you know, you're trying to develop because, you know, the more players that you can develop, the better. But um, I, I just think that the, the idea of bringing in somebody from a lower division and kind of helping to mold them in the, uh, you know, in, in the Appleton shape, if you like, uh, is is a good thing. Um, and, you know, if it, if it is that we've got two project strikers, we've got two project strikers. But I, I see Ben House as the one at the moment where it's like, OK, maybe not going to start as a number nine straight away, but you know, a couple of seasons time, who knows? Two things. First of all, if I was moulded into the Appleton shape, there'd be an awful lot of Gary left over that didn't fit into the mould. <laughs> you know, like plasticine. They're like they're trying to make a morph Gary into a morph Michael Appleton. You'd have enough plasticine to make a morph Charlie and probably um, <laughs> probably a morph Carl. 
are as well. Um, I my answer and then yours was was perfectly good. Um, different strikers, Freddie Draper, natural uh, goal scorer, um, but you know more more of that. His his development is more around kind of adding everything else. Whereas with Ben House, you've kind of got a lot of tools to work with, but he's he's it's almost like they would be a great pairing going forward. So I still think that a loan spell for Freddie Draper would be uh, would be beneficial. I know that uh, that it's not not currently planned, if I recall correctly, from from a, a Jez interview recently. I'd like to see Freddie go to uh, a national league club. I, th- I don't think. With the greatest respect of loaning players to Gainsborough, I'm not sure there's a huge benefit to loan a player who's played League One football into um, Gainsborough's level. And I, I think mm. Kate and Pete were verging on an argument on Twitter uh, and, and settled it amicably. Uh, but I don't think there's a lot of benefit of your know, Premier League clubs don't send their players to the National League for a reason. And there's the same gap between Premier League clubs and the National League as there is between us and Gainsborough. So whilst it's good for the loan, of Hayden Can and Jovan Makama because they haven't had any senior football yet and you know it, it kind of toughens them up a bit for when they come back I think once you've had the senior football it would feel like a little bit of a slap in the face um, mm. so National League North or South would be the, the absolute lowest that I would like to see as loan off players to but Ben House won't come in to be loaned out you know he'll he'll get game time even if it's 10 minutes at the end of a game so yeah, it's just nice to have attacking options. From we've gone from no centre forwards against Oxford to to how are we going to get all of our players in? You know, we we talk about the attacking um, prowess that we had against Plymouth, and there's no Chris Maguire in that. You know, where do you put Maguire? Uh, it, it's a nice problem to have. Mm. It really is, but with, it's another management skill is juggling multiple players for positions, and it's you know it was my understanding that we may still be looking for a lone player on deadline day and um, I might be wrong but it was something that I gleaned from a conversation that there's still the potential for another wide player okay well, that's interesting so we shall see whether that's whether that's kind of um, actually we'll, we'll we're waiting to see if we get a bid for one of our players and then we have to move for a wide player or not I don't know yeah no, fair enough um, but not the only signing of the week um, we've also got uh, Jordan Wright in from Forest, who uh, I believe he described as a prospect um, for a you know for a young goalkeeper, um, another 22 year old. So um, he's kind of come in uh, to be the, the the backup to to Josh Griffiths, and he's in on a permanent deal, which is always quite nice. Um, which you know it's led to something which we'll come to in a moment, but. Um, yeah, I spoke to spoke to a Forest fan um, about this, and he said, you know, he's not really been near the first team all that much in terms of you know actual game time, but in terms of his performances in the uh, you know in in the uh, in the academies or the under twenty threes, he's he's doing all right. So um, yeah, excited to see what he can do. I don't think you will. Certainly not this season. I don't expect well, no. to see him make a senior appearance this season um, what you'll probably do is, is, is sit on the bench and if you're excited to watch a, a man sit on a bench for 90 minutes Ben you need to sort your life out mate <laughs> um, I don't know yeah, yeah we've we've had keepers come in in the past Charlie Andrew came in we've had reserve keepers come in and, and, and go again so um, yeah he looks not he looks a good prospect and who knows we might have a one-two of our own next season um We'll see. Yeah, that's one of the signings that I think was functional. We were expecting to see that signing come in, but I don't think that it was. We were expecting to see them impact 
the first team. I assume you, you and Jake talked about Brooks Norton uh, coffee or Brook Norton coffee rather last last week. We did, yes. And initially, um, yeah. my mind went completely blank on his name, and I had to I had to bring up the uh, the page. Um, oh, okay, I didn't listen to that. I wish I had because then I would have referenced it earlier. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have expected. I, I only listened. I, I only listened to the bit that Pete drew my attention to that um, we've discussed, <laughs> and I'm not going to say it on there because I don't think it's fair. Because it wasn't fair at the time either. Anyway, um, so yeah, that was um, that was Jordan Wright coming in again, um, given some comments uh, from Michael Appleton after the game on Saturday about Sam Long, who I thought had a fantastic debut as well, league debut well, um, yeah. for the club. Um, it sounds like, um, uh, you know, Jordan's potentially going to be the number two. Um, maybe, you know, Sam, I think given what Michael said, you know, he's potentially looking at Sam as, as the, the number one goalkeeper, if not next season, then the season after. So, um, yeah, and I think that some of the stuff that came out around that as well, you know, people were saying that Michael Appleton doesn't give that sort of praise unless it's legitimately warranted. Um, you know, he's not going to stand there and blow smoke um, when it comes to, to praising players. But, um, yeah, you know, very high praise from from Michael for Sam after the game. So, um, Lots of high praise for Sean Rowan 18 months ago that he's now joined Drogheda. Yes, indeed, as has Sam Long. So that's where we were going. Thank you for the, 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 the sort of crowbar in of the segue, Gary. Um, Sean Rowan and Sam Long both Pleasure. joined. <laughs> both joined Drahida um on loan uh which <laughs> it's funny we both pronounced that right yes because we had to <laughs> google it Research before we it. started um, well, i didn't want to say Drogheda or uh, if it was Drahida. <laughs> yeah. um yeah no really clever loan move because um the, the, i i wasn't actually aware that their season is about to kick off yes um, so, you know, there will hopefully be plenty of game time when everybody else is, uh, you know, sunning themselves over the uh, over the, the, the summer months. So imagine being those boys, though, like planning your summer holiday, like, oh, I might get to a festival this year. <laughs> Actually, you'll be away at Portadown. Uh, crack on. I think Portadown might be, they might not be the same league, actually. Um, so, here we go. Tapping of the keyboard at my end. That's unusual. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Drahida. Dr- Dr- Are they ported down? No, it's uh, they're, they're Dundalk. Oh, I know. Something some about Dundalk. I'm tired and I'm hungry and I'm in Dundalk. It's raining soup, but I've got a fork. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it is a good move. They're playing. Uh, Top class football in Ireland, and yeah, no, I know that they're not. We're not talking European heavyweights in in sort of Pats and Pats and Shamrock and Shelbourne and, and teams like that. But we're talking decent teams, decent football teams. And yeah, if you were to say to me, do you want me? Do you want us to loan our players to Gainsborough, York City, even even Scunthorpe or League of Ireland, top League of Ireland club? I go top League of Ireland all day long, yeah, um, without a doubt. So, and I, I think it's. For Sean, I think it's going to be good for Sean Rowan um, as a kind of a reset. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it hints at part of the issue why he's not been playing. I don't know if it's, you know, if there's been a bit of homesickness or something and, and, and that's behind it. Potentially, potentially not. 
I mean, they they did say the other week that um, I think there's he's, he's had bone spurs. Um, okay. As one of the, you know, sort of one of the reasons why he's not been playing. So he's had an operation recently to uh, to kind of get rid of those. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether that's been the, the sort of primary driver behind it or, um, you know, I think there's been a lot of a lot of discussion around Sean Rowan and, and you know, where he's been. Um, you know, I think there's there's been I don't want to say mixed messages because I don't think that's that's the right phrase to use. But it, it certainly seems, you know, like one minute he's on the way to, like you know, Premier League clubs to for a trial. And then he's he's all of a sudden, you know, out of the conversation completely. And then the, the word comes up, oh, he's been injured for a while. And you think, well, OK, yeah, it's um, I hope he can get things back on track. And hopefully this is a, a way to uh, to kickstart things for Sean, because um when he's played, he's he's not looked bad, has he? No, I like Sean. I like Sean Rowan. Um, I think he looks tough. He, he's still only a young lad, which I think people forget as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good. And I think having Sam over there will help him settle. I've had a bit of a look through the Drahida side. They've got Gary Deegan there, who was at Cambridge United. He was actually the player that I, th- I think he was the player that Alice Chapman fouled when he was sent off against Cambridge. And I was having a little paddy about it not being a red card. I'm pretty sure that was Gary Deegan. Um, so you're in the Euro, you're in the Europa League as recently as 2014. Okay. So yeah, and their nickname is the Drogs or the Super Drogs, which is interesting. If they're Drahida, they pronounce the G in their nickname, but not in their their actual name. So there we go. <laughs> no, no, wow. it's, it, it, it's it's a good move. I'm I'm pleased for both players. And as you correctly say, the fact that the season runs uh, from kind of February through to um, August or whatever it is, it, it means that potentially they both come back next season having had that that long spell of senior football, so it's clever. I know, I mean, I went on the, as you know, the, the transfer talk with Jez and I know that there's a lot of interest from us in Ireland and the Irish market. What's interesting is if, if we wanted to sign a Drahida player, we couldn't because of... Um, European regulations. So obviously the loan market works differently to the permanent market, but it was one of the problems with um, Ocean Gallagher was a Derry City player. And Derry City obviously are uh, Republic of Ireland. Okay. So actually uh, he was meant to have to qualify for um, for, for uh, do the, the, the totting up process, the points process. And, and the, the points process is weighted massively against smaller clubs. It's easy for Manchester United to do it, but it's not as easy for Lincoln City to go and do it. Um, and uh, as I am, uh, as I led to believe, and it might be old news, if it is, I'm very sorry to people, but I think that we ended up going to UEFA or FIFA to argue that Derry City, actually, because Derry is northern ireland even though they play in the republic of ireland fascinating okay. i've been told to watch a, a documentary about Derry city um and, and if anyone's seen it do let me know if it's any good and where i can find it because they're a fascinating team that they're based in northern ireland they play in southern ireland i think they were thrown out of one league at the time of the troubles or, or even after so yeah absolutely fascinating uh, but we got the rules changed so that we could sign Ocean Gallagher as a as a Northern Irish player not as a Republic of Ireland player which is why initially um, when I heard that Sam and Sean were going to Ireland I thought that it was to Northern Ireland but it's not so there we go fascinating stuff 
Okay, no, I'll have to I'll have to check that out. That sounds like a something that would be an enjoyable watch. Um, so that brings us, I do believe, to the weekend. Um, Burton Albion visiting the bank. Yes, uh, sorry, just quickly, uh, it's called Different League: The Derry City Story. It's on the BBC iPlayer, and it released originally on the nineteenth of April, twenty twenty-one. Okay, so, sorry, go on back, back to back to what you were saying. You were saying. Some words back to those. I was saying some words. Um, I'm surprised you weren't. Well, you obviously were on your phone because you looked up the uh, thing on the iPlayer. Um, Actually, I'm looking at my new screen in front of me, and I was tapping. I was using the mouse pad rather than the mouse, so that I was doing silent uh, research. Okay. So that people didn't think that I was doing what Liam did all the way through our five <laughs> mates and Harvey Jabara podcast. Yes, we do need to buy Liam a, uh, a silent keyboard and mouse, don't we? Um, we do. We're going for anything in the future, but yeah, Burton visiting the bank on the uh, the weekend. Um, as we said earlier, it's a game on paper that you potentially would expect us to win. Um, I mean, what are your initial thoughts? on the game because I think they've had a few players out now haven't they they've had a few players move on yeah I, I, I my first thought with Burton is if we're a team that win the games that we're expected uh, to lose and we lose the games we're expected to win I think that can that kind of classifies us certainly over the last couple of months mm. Burton get the results they're expected to get and don't get the results they're not expected to get. And that's seen in defeat to MK Dons, but they beat Gillingham, they beat Crew, they drew with Cheltenham, they drew with Wimbledon, they lost to Rotherham, they lost to Wickham, they beat Doncaster, they beat Accrington, they lost to MK Dons, they lost to Charlton. Do you know what I mean? It's when mm. they're playing the team, they're almost like right on the cusp of they'll beat this selection of teams, but they won't beat that selection of teams. And it goes back. They, they lost to Wigan, lost to Oxford, beat Fleetwood, beat Morecambe. Uh, and you have to go back really to probably 28th September when they beat Portsmouth for the first game that actually that's a game that you don't probably expect Burton and when I say that that's without looking at their players without looking at anything if you hear two teams in your mind you'll always go such and such should win that before you delve into it and the first one where it's Burton and somebody and you think Burton shouldn't win that was when they beat Portsmouth 2-1 at home Um, so they they tend to be at the beginning of the season by the way that wasn't the case because they beat Ipswich and Sunderland um in the space of three days and they looked like they were going to have a really good a really good start mm. so um, yeah they're, they're an interesting one I mean every time we talk about Sunderland Sunderland every time we talk about Burton mm. I talk about the same player Joe Powell I really like Joe Powell moved to them at the same time as Anthony Scully moved to um us, obviously. I was going to um, say, where are you going with this one? No, I, was, I meant from, from, from West Ham. So moved around the same time. And we had been linked with Joe Powell and Anthony Scully uh, on right. some reputable sites. So, um, yeah, he, he's a player that uh, that I really like. Uh, they have got Daniel Jebison there, who's a striker, who's at Sheffield United. I think he had a quite good game against us when we beat him 2-1 at their place. Uh, quite like Jebison. Uh, he scored a couple, I think, recently as well. You'd have to check that. Uh, you'd have to do some research and tell me because I haven't. But they have lost Lucas Aikens recently, who was basically Mr. Burton 
I watched an interview with him and he was virtually in tears uh, at, at leaving. He, he kind of did an exit interview um, and, and my exit interviews from jobs have never been like me virtually in tears. Uh, so really, really like Luke Sakins. Have they mainly been like Homer when he leaves the nuclear power plant and throws the match over him and literally burns a bridge? It's usually, uh, yeah, it's actually usually been either escorted off or, you know, when I, <laughs> when I leave, Two fingers that night. I don't realise that. No, I don't realise that that's the last time I'm leaving. <laughs> to be honest. Uh, so interestingly enough, they play three five two, which I thought was our kryptonite, but actually Plymouth, we did very well against it, mm-hmm. which potentially is a turning point. Um, but they they create chances. They're not a bad side, but and when you look at the league table, they're probably just at the top of that kind of what i would class the also rounds that we're in they're not quite top six material uh, but and i'm hoping that this is us not quite bottom six material either um, so interesting yeah they've got some decent players what is jacob maddox playing much from at the minute wasn't he jacob Mad- jacob maddox the boy that was at chelsea um let's have a look uh i think he played against jacob maddox if i'm right i think he was at chelsea and i think he played against us in uh, our EFL Trophy semi-final. No, he is not. I don't think. That's funny. Uh, tells me he is. Uh, oh, okay, he probably is. Yeah. Yeah. So he is there, and it is the same guy, and he did play against us in that run. Um, Jefferson's got nine goals this season, by the way. Um, so yeah, they're they're a decent side. Be a big test. I mm. don't think they're going to come and shut up shop particularly. Um, you know, they, they they tend to go three five two or five three two, so probably can expect to see certainly three centre backs. They'll certainly go with three centre backs. Um, so and, and then just how the the, the wing back configuration looks, I'm not quite sure, not quite sure how that will go. Um, so yeah, it will be it'll be an interesting one. It will. Okay, um, they still got um. Still got Mancian. Yeah, Mancian's been on the bench for him for a bit. They've got John Brayford, who has got to be as old as the actual Brayford in Lincoln now, surely, <laughs> uh, plays at the heart. They've got Connor Shaughnessy, who, if I remember correctly, and again, I can be pulled up on this, I think he's ex-Leeds. Uh, um, potentially, I think Jacob Maddox probably plays in midfield, holding midfield. They've got Borthwick Jackson out wide. Do I th- is he the former Man United kid that... Um, Never was was touted as the next big thing, and then wasn't. <laughs> if if it's the same guy, he, he, was he the kid uh, that went out on loan? He was at Man United, and he, he he agreed to go on a loan spell to Leeds, and that's basically like kind of you know being a Celtic yeah. fan and agreeing to go on loan to Rangers. Rangers. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it yeah, you know, maybe there's not quite much religious tension between Leeds and Manchester United um, but there's certainly you know I seem to remember chatting to Pete about him because I think he went to Scunthorpe after that and I remember chatting to Pete and Pete basically said to you know, Judas <laughs> you know don't want anything to do with him <laughs> I think he, I, I might even be I might be wrong on this but I think he had a brief loan spell at Tranmere uh, and I think he started one game and got sent off in that game and I think that game was against us Cameron Borthwick Jackson I'm sure maybe he didn't. I thought he got sent off against us, but perhaps I'm thinking of somebody else. Uh, it, yeah, no, that didn't happen. I'll say the history I'm looking at, Man United, Wolves, Leeds, Oldham, Burton. 
Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. He wasn't Tranmere. He did play Tranmere. But it wasn't him that got sent off against us. Okay. I can't think who it was now. Oh, was it now? It was the Aston Villa boy that got sent off against us. Um, remember, we beat him. Beat him 1-0. Was it just after Christmas sometime? So, anyway, yeah. But Borthwick-Jackson is yeah, he's one of those players that started well. Mm. Um, but, but since then, has started his career well but tumbled down so decent side tram uh tram a decent side burton just to, to conclude uh tough tough team tough side to play so yeah I, are, we, are we gonna be are we gonna be bold and one of us got the score prediction correct last week and it, it was jake um what would you rec- what what do you think what do you reckon uh well, i reckon i'm miles out because it was Corey taylor that got sent off Hmm. So he was on loan for uh, against for, for Tranmere, but he was on loan. Um, Sorry, I'm going Corey to go Taylor. Draw. Yeah. You say Corey, Corey Taylor? Taylor. That was it. That was Corey Taylor. Yeah. Why? He's, that's the lead singer from Slipknot. No, it's not. It's a Charlton midfielder. And <laughs> um, the lead singer from Slipknot doesn't play professional football in England. Come on. <laughs> I need well. your research to extend to that. <laughs> Although if he joined Forest Green, he could wear a clown mask, couldn't he? Hey, hey, although they look like they're coming up, which is uh, bad. Yeah, OK, let's go for a score prediction. I'm going to go 1-1. Uh, I'm going to say 2-0. We need the win. We do. Because if you look at the league table, um, there's a clutch of teams, Burton being one of them. Um, who are just with not just out of reach on a single game basis, but we've got a game in hand over Burton, Cambridge, and Accrington. They've all played 27. They were all on 36. We've played 26 on 31. So if we were to get that win against Burton and reel it into 34 with the game in hand, they're a team that we can then knock off. And I, we're in 16th. I see, I see the 10th place of Portsmouth, and you, you could probably almost say. Ipswich in eighth, but I think they'll keep climbing. Um, but mm. Portsmouth in tenth is kind of top of a mini league, and I think yeah, actually thirty-one points with seven off Portsmouth. I think if we could get ourselves up into eleventh or tenth and just put some more more green space, just space between us and the team in in twenty-first. I mean that's Morecambe at the minute. It's four points now, and we've got a game in hand. Pull mm. that game in hand, then I'd be delighted, absolutely delighted. Yeah. Good results for us on Tuesday night as well, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, no, I think um was it uh Fleetwood drew with Plymouth, was it? And Ipswich beat AFC Wimbledon. Well, uh Fleetwood Plymouth. The crazy thing about Fleetwood Plymouth was Plymouth were what, three one up, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, and crazy. Three one up into the last minute and they end up drawing three three. Um, yeah, eighty nine minutes, wasn't it? Just, yeah. And Wimbledon's defeat was, was good for us as well. Yeah. So, and and if you look a little bit further down, I mean, it's cruel to laugh, but um, Scunthorpe are in real trouble, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Real trouble. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, if you if you go further down than that, I, I don't want to to kind of you know drag up old wounds, but how is Ollie Palmer worth three hundred thousand pounds? <laughs> don't get me started. Don't get me started. And do you know what? King Shithouse was always going to score on his debut against Grimsby, wasn't he? Yeah. He was yeah, always yeah. going to do it. It's like, oh, he used to play for it. If, if his debut had been against Lincoln and he had come on in the last minute, he would have scored. That's yeah. what he does. As yeah. long as he keeps trying to fold those crisps. Right. 
I was I was quite proud of the little uh, the little meme that I came up with because um, obviously the um, the the Wrexham owners with it being Rob McElhenney who does uh, who was in Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um, every episode that they have is a, it's a bit like Friends where it's like the gang have whatever. Um, and I did a, an episode title for that which was the gang spend three hundred grand on a mediocre striker. Yeah, that's it's good. It's niche, Ben. That's niche. Yes. I know. That's why I thought I'd explain. Quite a lot of people that will go, yeah. The best jokes are the ones you've got to explain. Well, they're not that, are they? Although I like, <laughs> I like Stuart Lee, so <laughs> and and his entire show is just about explaining jokes. Yes. Uh, so there we go. Yeah. But, uh, so, no, so I think that's about about wraps it up for the week well, in terms of the, just, the conversation. I was just going to mention the worst ever Lincoln City signing vote. Mm-hmm. That has been going on. I don't know if you've indulged and voted on that at all. I have. Who did you vote for? I voted for Adam Buckley. Ooh, Adam Buckley is second at the minute. Okay, he's second. Yeah, Drew Broughton. Who I think I did a great job of uh, Devil's Advocate with Drew. Now that was really tough because obviously I've I've been quite open about the fact I thought he was shit um constantly and consistently from the second he signed till the second he left uh but i, I kind of decided did you read the uh the, i did the yeah I, I, I thought you know what i'm gonna try and defend him and i got to the end of it and i'd convinced myself that drew broughton's got brad bad press and, and part of me now i'm such a good arguer that i've actually changed my own mind um, by playing <laughs> devil's advocate <laughs> now when people say drew broughton i'm gonna go look i mean he had his Mental health struggles, which, you yeah, know, rightly so. And if he had been in the team the whole time, we might have won. And, you know, during his first seven game loans, but we only lost once. And he came off after 37 minutes in that game. Although, to be fair, we were already 3-0 down, but I didn't mention that. And <laughs> Ben Hutchinson is out in front. Now, do you know what that proves to me? Go on. That proves to me that fans don't always judge players on what they actually do. Okay. okay. Four goals in 40, not good enough. But actually, Ben Hutchinson is being judged, in my opinion, on two things. Getting sent off against Macclesfield when a 1-0 win would have kept us up, and it was a stupid, brainless sending off, and calling us the worst fans in the world. Mm. That That's what Ben Hutchinson's being judged on. For me, if you look at... Uh, because bear in mind, he also came in on loan. So can the worst signing that you've made genuinely be a loan signing? Because that loan signing doesn't cost you an upfront fee. Mm. And Adam Buckley, okay, getting voted. I, I, he's being judged on the fact that he was a kleptomaniac, and pinching things. That was that's why he's voted there. Mm. You've got and the players thing. like, yeah, 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 and the, and and the fact that his dad basically brought him and said, "My boy, you play football. Let's play him." Um, and I remember having a conversation with. It may have been with Peter Gain. It may not have been. It may have been with um, somebody who was at the club at the time who who was commenting on Peter Gain. But he said Peter Game will be doing these amazing things in training, like like just gifted, gifted things. And Alan Buckley would come on and go, you don't want to be doing it like that, Peter. Watch my boy, see how he does it, because they're both playing left wing. And then they'd all have to turn and look at Adam Buckley. And, and, and you know, like he'd be hitting the ball with a shovel and it'd be like going flying off the left. Oh, it's a great cross, Adam. Well, it's, it's not, is it? Um, so I actually don't think the worst Lincoln City signing ever is even on the list. I don't even think... The, okay. the worst signing ever got through the preliminaries. Um, that was Kevin Hume, because I will never, ever forgive Steve Wicks for giving 
away Dean West, swapping him for Kevin Hume, going, I know Dean West was talented. Not just talented, was he, Steve? He'd come through the academy. He'd scored 20 goals from right back in 120 appearances. He was clearly destined for bigger things. And you swapped him for a player that managed five games before he disappeared into the non-league. That's not bad business. It's fucking moronic. Excuse my language. No, you. I still, it still annoys me now. I still, you know, this is how you, much, you wouldn't be able to tell. Let me tell you, this is how much it annoys me. I've got an article queued up tomorrow called "The Five Most Baffling Transfer Decisions, Link uh, Outgoing Transfer Decisions Ever," just so that I can have my say about Kevin Hume because he didn't make the final ten on this. I've written a whole article, five most, and this 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 this, this will be out. This podcast will be out before that, uh, but uh, sorry, after that's dropped. So. These are the five that I've picked. I picked um, Dean West for Kevin Hume, baffling. Liam Hearn going to Barrow on loan because it wasn't. They're not baffling just purely from um, from kind of our point of view. If a player makes a decision, it can be baffling. Kyle Perry going out on loan and um, being allowed to play against us, utterly baffling. I can't remember the other one. There's two more. Leo Fortune West. Mm. Because I never understand what happened with Leo Fortune West. He scored, do you know, the season that he played for us, he scored one goal in nine, but actually collectively he scored 14 goals across the season during two stints at Rotherham. And yet he moved to Brentford for 60,000. That's what we got for him. We got him for nothing. And after nine games, sold him to Brentford for 60,000. They played him three or four times and sold him to Rotherham for 35,000. What the poor lad done wrong? That was, he based basically made us 60,000, lost Brentford 25,000 and scored 14 goals for Rotherham, getting them into the playoffs in one season. It's a hell of a season. That, isn't it? it really is. Indeed. Do you know I can't remember who the other most baffling, baffling thing is. <laughs> Let me just... Do you know I'm, I'm going to have a... Look. Oh, a sneaky peek. You can, do you want to say... Yeah, do you want to say some words while I while I get that up? I was just oh, going to say that uh, the it's it's a... It's a bit of a, a weird day for me on, on Saturday. Obviously, I had the instance last year where I, I kind of had my little speech at the end, which a lot of people got in touch about. But yeah, it's the first time in in a number of years, I think the first game since 2011, where we played on the 29th of January, which is a horrible date for me. And if you are at the game on Saturday, raise a glass because it's all... You know, it's uh, raise a glass for, for Paul. It'd be great. Oh, well. And what I'll also do is treat you exactly the same as I do every other game because you wouldn't want it any other way. So no. I shall take a picture of you eating food. <laughs> um, that might be nice to you. Alan Marriott, that was the other one. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, Alan Marriott is done. That's, that, that would be the no-brainer for me. That would be the, if, the, the worst option. In fact, now I've seen that, I've got mad again because I can't believe that Peter Jackson I know that you like Peter Jackson for reasons that are kind of linked to what we've just been talking about but he gave Alan Marriott away after 395 games more than 100 clean sheets he kept a clean sheet one ah he gave him away yeah gave him away I I, I've always said it's it's personal you know my my reasons for for liking Jacko um yeah, that's... Jacko's reasons for getting rid of Marriott Mazza have got to be personal because the first thing he did, his first signing, Peter Jackson's first signing for this football club was Ben Smith in goal. This was a team that had Steve Torpy up front. We were playing mm. Steve Torpy and Ollie Ryan in, instead of Jamie Forrester and Mark Stallard. We were leaking goals at the back for fun. We didn't have an awful lot of presence in the midfield. Lee Frecklington was just lost, bless him, because he didn't have anybody around him helping him out at all. And Peter Jackson comes in and goes, need to get rid of the kid. Keeper. 
need to get rid of the keeper that's kept a record amount of clean sheets for Lincoln City. He's been near the team of the season every season. He's been in five playoff campaigns on the bounce. We need to get rid of him. I'll bring in Ben Smith, who now owns a shop in Shrewsbury, by the way. Um, ben Smith. Yeah. I just, that just baffles me. It yeah. angers me. I'm pissed off now. I'm sorry. You're the, you're the one that brought the article up, mate, not me. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I, know. I just wanted this to go well over the full. 45 minutes that you and Ben put in. You only put, you are Ben, you put in last week. It was half a shift, wasn't it? It was 48 minutes, actually. Yeah, well, what, with the theme tune at either end? <laughs> the theme tune's not three minutes long, you prick. Um, <laughs> no. There we so, go. I finally um, got to, to be called the prick. To be fair, we only sort of had one real thing to talk about with the games, and then, you know. Is it? Well, we, we only had like the one game to, to preview, the, the, to, re, to go over, and the, yeah. the Rotherham game didn't happen. Um, obviously, we had two signings, which, you know, was a bit to talk about. Yeah. You've got John Marquis to talk about, Brooke Norton yeah. Coffee to talk about, a trip to Plymouth to talk about with the guy that actually does our previews rather than kind of does them off the cuff, an actual mm. game against Cambridge to talk about. So you've yeah, got Liam Cullen's debut to talk about, and you managed yeah, well, the, to get the thing is, what, game, it, what was it? What it was, was Tackle the Burley, Friday. No, I didn't have somebody there taking the piss out of me for 15 minutes before no. we actually got to doing anything. Well, Jake we needs have... to up his game then. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, that'll probably do us, to be fair. Um, yeah, I think so. As always, you know, subscribe, tell a friend, um, and, you know, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see you next week with three more points. Up the imps. Up the imps. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, When it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. And all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.